0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Welcome to the Joseph Carlson Show. On today's episode, Elon Musk bought a 9% stake in Twitter. Now, this is actually old news. He bought this stake yesterday. The new news, the breaking news, is that he's now on Twitter's board. So he was immediately put on Twitter's board after buying the large stake. And this brings the question, what is elon's master plan here what is he trying to accomplish this is one of the most powerful individuals in the world maybe the most powerful by some quantifiable measures and now he's on the board of directors of one of the most influential companies in the world so we're going to talk about what elon musk's real plan here is what he's really hoping to accomplish we also have some big news regarding starbucks howard schultz is back as the interim ceo and the first thing he did was scrap the buyback plan. That's right. Remember six weeks ago how Starbucks pledged $20 billion in buybacks and dividends? That was a major part of my investment thesis in this company. Well, now the new CEO is saying, you know what? We're not doing the buybacks anymore. In fact, we're going to prioritize baristas over the stock price. So obviously, I have a lot of thoughts about this news. As someone who has a sizable holding in Starbucks, And I'll be sharing my thoughts in this episode. And then, of course, I'll be showing you how my portfolio is doing, the passive income account, which is my real money invested in a dividend growth portfolio. So we have a lot to jump into in today's episode. Now, let's go ahead and jump right in. Elon Musk purchased 9% of Twitter. And he can do that because he has a lot of money. In fact, he could buy a lot more of Twitter if rules and regulations didn't prevent him from it. But now he owns 9% of the company. And this was breaking news as of yesterday. Just that news alone, launched Twitter shares up around 25% in one day. So the company gained more in a single day than it ever has since its IPO. And in that single day of the 25% increase, Elon Musk made over $500 million on his investment. To put that in perspective, that is more than Twitter's entire net income for the past three years. Elon Musk made more money in one day off of Twitter's stock than the company's made in the past three years. Well, this is big news in and of itself. But then there's discussion on, well, what does he intend on doing, right? Is he going to have a passive stake where he kind of just owns the company and has it as an investment? Or is he going to take a more active role? And many people actually assume that he would take a passive stake. That is an assumption I think is ridiculous. When you look at someone like Elon Musk, is he really that passive in anything This man is the most active, on-the-forefront CEO of almost any company. And I didn't think he was going to buy Twitter to take a back seat in the company. Well, of course, the very next day, which is today, Elon Musk is now joining Twitter's board of directors. And he's teasing significant improvements. So he's making it very clear that this is not a passive stake. He's on the board of directors. He's now, in part, helping run the company. And Elon Musk plays a unique role in this because... Typically, when you have someone join the board of directors, they don't have the same type of voice that someone like Elon Musk does. So now the situation that we're in is Elon Musk owns 9% of the company. The company's stock price is up 33% in the past two days, and he's joined Twitter's board of directors. So this leaves the question, what does he plan on doing now? And this is where I think we're getting some good takes and a lot of bad takes. Here's where I think we get a bad take of why Elon Musk bought Twitter. This is from Rich Greenfield. He goes on to explain how investors are overlooking the user growth of Twitter.
1: More than anything, it's certainly highlighting Twitter's had a lot of progress, momentum on the user growth side that investors simply ignored after the last quarter because of the cost side of the equation.
0: So Elon Musk bought Twitter because investors are ignoring Twitter's user growth? This is not about...
1: profits and losses and user engagement and, and it, you, you see what it's about actually i disagree i think it is about user well, engagement. Then why, he isn't he why isn't he fi- why isn't he scouring the the broken you know all the the fallen angels in tech and taking stakes and all of this? this this one is one no, no, Joe, you're to- missing the point you're missing the point the reason he's making these comments about open sourcing and the you know kind of a, the town hall like this whole way he's thinking about it is because twitter has gotten so big and so important that he believes that there should be different algorithms or different ways of information ferreting up to the top, he wouldn't care. If Twitter was irrelevant and tiny and not growing as rapidly as it is, he wouldn't care. So I think the point is he does care because Twitter is relevant. Twitter well, is irrelevant, he, is the I most important the information point that I'm, You're missing a point I'm making. He's not doing this to try to, to juice the stock and make some money like an activist investor to try to open up shareholder value so he can make some money. He's doing it because he wants to change the way that, that Twitter's being run right now in terms of censorship and uh, and everything else. You don't think that that's what he's doing here? You think it's purely a, an economic play that he's making? Why didn't he
0: buy? There's a lot of cheap companies out there that he's not interested in. I think this breaks down in large part the argument happening over Twitter. A lot of Twitter shareholders might think that Elon Musk is buying Twitter for economic reasons. He's buying it because the company's undervalued and Elon Musk sees value there. And then there's the Joe Kernan side of it, where he's saying that the economics have no part in this. The valuation of Twitter has no part in it. Elon Musk is buying Twitter for entirely different reasons. And I have to say, this is one of the cases where I strongly agree with Joe Kernan. Now, Rich goes on to make another assumption that I think is clearly false. I don't think it's true at all. Here's what he says regarding Elon's ability to make change at Twitter.
1: I mean nine percent stake's not gonna give him the ability to change well, the yet. course of this company.
0: Not So we'll right. say
1: he's gotta right. own a lot more than nine percent to have an impact on how this company runs. Well you gotta but. start with with nine percent. You can't you know you can't start with sixty percent.
0: He says that 9% isn't enough to make change at the company. It's not enough to impact the company at all. And just a day later, after this interview, Elon Musk is on the board of directors and saying that he's working closely with them and advocating for great changes to the company. If we're gonna look at why Elon Musk is buying Twitter, I think it's first important to understand incentive here. Elon Musk has literally no incentive to make more money. He has all the money he could possibly spend in a hundred lifetimes. He's worth currently $267 billion. That is over a quarter trillion dollars. Most of us look through things through the lens of economic value. We want to create more wealth. We want to get more wealthy because right now we don't have enough money to fully retire or we don't have enough money to get all the things that we want. Elon Musk has solved this problem long ago, and money hasn't been his primary motivator, I think, for a very long time. I think that his aspirations are far beyond that. And we can get an idea of what Elon Musk's aspirations are by previous things that he said on Twitter. He was quickly welcomed to the board of Twitter. Quote, through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it became clear to us that he would bring great value to our board, the CEO Prague said. Quote, he's both passionate and a believer and intense critic of the service, which is exactly what we need on Twitter and in the boardroom to make us stronger in the long term. So the CEO of Twitter is very welcoming to Elon Musk, and I think he should be. Elon Musk creates a lot of value with most things that he's involved in. Even the former CEO, Jack Dorsey, also praised the move, saying that Musk cares deeply about our world and Twitter's role in it. Musk replied to this saying that he's looking forward to working with Twitter and making significant improvements to Twitter in the coming months. So that is the basis of what we know so far is Elon Musk wants to improve the platform. He's also hinted at this many times in the past. For instance, he did a poll yesterday saying, do you want an edit button? And he misspelled yes in the poll. He also did a poll on March 25th saying, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe that Twitter rigorously adheres to these principles, yes or no? And he said the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. And this poll here is where a lot of the discussion is generated from. It's clear that Elon Musk sees issues with Twitter's free speech policy, the way that they have content moderation. He either thinks that it's unfair or it's not free enough, or it should at the very least be changed and altered and improved. And a lot of people are having adamant discussions and arguments over this point. I actually think that Elon Musk's plans are much broader than Twitter and even content moderation alone. He looks at Twitter as a social town hall a place where ideas and thoughts can be expressed openly. And I think he is going to try to improve the content moderation and make it more of a free speech platform. But content moderation is very difficult. Those type of changes would take a lot of time to execute correctly. And even if he does accomplish that, I don't think he's going to stop there. There's one tweet by the conservative commentator, Dinesh DeSauza, that I really think gives some insight into what Elon Musk be thinking about. He says, tweets are fine, Elon Musk, but you can dramatically change The political and cultural landscape in this way. One, buy and take over a major social media platform. Two, acquire and create a TV network like ABC, NBC, or CBS. And three, create a world-class online university and offer degrees for free. Now there's lots of ideas that are thrown at Elon Musk from time to time, but this is one that Elon Musk actually responded to. On January 28th, he replied saying, quote, interesting ideas. And then a month later, he's already done step one, buy and take over a major social media platform. He bought Twitter and he's on the board of directors. And I think that begs the question, is he going to be doing step two and three, creating a TV-like network like ABC, NBC, or CBS, and then also creating an online university that offers degrees for free. So maybe he will do these things. Who knows? I could see Elon Musk starting a news company, a news company with the focus of just having facts and not being biased. I could also see him starting the online university where he gives away degrees for free. That'd be something that would be a huge net benefit for the world. So who knows what he'll do next? All we know for now is that Elon Musk clearly isn't satisfied just running Tesla or the boring company or SpaceX. He's already changed the world in a number of different ways, and I think he wants to change the world in a few more. Now, moving on, we got to talk about the Starbucks news. Starbucks just threw a curveball to investors. This was somewhat of surprising news. Howard Schultz, the interim CEO, came back to Starbucks and on the first day, He said that he's prioritizing baristas over the stock price. And the first action that he did was announcing that they're suspending billions of dollars in share repurchases and said his immediate focus would be on cafes, customers, and employees rather than the stock market. Now, after announcing that he's scrapping the buyback program, he goes on to explain how every decision that they're making is for the employees. It's not for the shareholders. Quote, I'm not in the business as a shareholder of Starbucks to make every single decision based on the stock price for the quarter. Those days, ladies and gentlemen, are over. So the days of making decisions for the stock price each quarter for the shareholders are over. Wall Street, of course, responded to this, by sending the shares down 3.7% to $88. In fact, since he announced the suspension of his buyback program, the shares are currently down 7%. So there's a couple different ways to look at this news, but I see this as an overall negative for the company and for shareholders. First of all, I realized the game that Schultz is playing. He's wanting to play the political game. He knows that there's a unionization effort that's going on right now with Starbucks. He's trying to slow down the union effort. He's trying to stop the union effort. And he knows that share buybacks politically are unpalatable. There's something that politics looks at very negative. So the first thing that he does coming back as CEO is announces that he's going to stop those dirty buybacks and instead put that money into the company and into the employees like a very good company would. That is the political phrasing of this news. In reality, the buybacks are not a problem. Starbucks has been growing extremely rapid. They have been reinvesting into their stores. They have been increasing pay, all while returning cash to shareholders in the form of buybacks and dividends. And they have the balance sheet and the fundamentals to continue supporting that. So I see the only reason for them to really scrap buybacks is largely a political move to improve the optics of the company. And I think such an aggressive response to the union effort shows that Starbucks is vulnerable. It shows that they're actually concerned about this effort. It's having a material effect and they're actually willing to change their longstanding capital allocation policy in a response to this movement. And I think that's very telling from the company. A lot of investors in Starbucks, I don't think realize the extent of how important share buybacks are to their overall returns. Take a look at this chart. I'll throw it on the screen here. This is the amount of dividends that Starbucks pays to investors compared to the amount of buybacks. Look at them year over year and see which way Starbucks returns more money to its shareholders. You have the dividends in gray and the buybacks in blue. In 2022, the dividends make up a sliver. That is so far in 2022. In 2021, it was a unique year where they did no buybacks, right? That was all dividends. But then look at the prior years. In 2020, it was split almost 50-50, In 2019, Starbucks did over $10 billion in stock buybacks. They bought back nearly 10% of the entire market cap of the company. This improved the earnings per share of the company. This drove the stock price higher. The shareholders at that time benefited dramatically from it. And the same thing in 2018 and 2017. Starbucks has rewarded shareholders dramatically through share buybacks. Here's another chart we can look at to illustrate this further. Look at the overall yield of the company and the way that they return capital to the shareholder. Over the past five years, Starbucks has returned 5.39% of its yield through buybacks and only 1.83% through dividends. Buybacks are the huge majority of way that Starbucks rewards its shareholders. And essentially what they're saying right now is they're removing that option. They're removing 80% of the way that they've historically rewarded shareholders. I know that Schultz is looked at as a legendary CEO. He founded Starbucks, but I do question a lot of the moves he's making now. To come in and say, hey, we're no longer rewarding shareholders. We're going to scrap the buybacks, and we're almost doing anything to say that we'll help out the employees. I think it changes the investment thesis. Listen to some of the wording that he's saying here. In one of the meetings, he promised employees at the forum that the company's best days were ahead of them. That's great. But then he goes on to say, we have to reimagine the role and responsibility of a public company in America today. We have to reimagine the role and responsibility of a public company. What does that mean? Does that mean we no longer reward shareholders? We give everything to the employees of the company? Because if that's the case, that's not really a company I want to be a shareholder of. There should be rewards for taking risk. He also goes on to apologize to the employees saying, quote, we haven't done enough, I promise to do better. What exactly is he apologizing for? Starbucks has better pay, better benefits, and better working conditions than almost every single comparable store in its industry. So I fail to see what Starbucks is so emphatically apologetic about. To add even more confusion to this, Howard Schultz recently did this open forum to their partners where he goes on explaining some new business ventures that Starbucks will be going into.
1: If you look at the companies, the brands, the celebrities, the influencers that are trying to create a digital NFT platform and business, I can't find one of them that has the treasure trove of assets that Starbucks has from collectibles to the entire heritage of the company. So here's the secret. Sometime before the end of this calendar year, We are going to be in the NFT business.
0: So we're going into the NFT business now. That is apparently a priority for Starbucks. So with all this recent news and events of Howard Schultz returning back to Starbucks, the stock price has dropped 7% in just a couple of days, and I'm currently down $3,000 on the holding. Now, I've thought about this for a bit. I've considered all the possibilities, and I'm still holding on to the stock. I view this as a material negative, I think that it means that the unions are causing more trouble than Starbucks would like to admit. They're willing to change their entire corporate policy because of it. And I think a lot of this stuff is political and it's optics driven. But overall, Starbucks is still a company that is in secular growth. They're opening up stores rapidly. I think they'll generate more free cash flow in the future. And even though it's largely undefined of what they plan on doing with all their free cash flow, instead of doing buybacks, I think they might be able to find something productive to do with it. Maybe they will reinvest back into their company in a very productive way. But I know that Starbucks generates a lot more cash than what's necessary to pay their employees a very favorable wage. So that cash needs to go somewhere. So either they're going to pay down debt, dividend out, build new stores, or reinvest back into their current stores. A lot of options remain open for the company. But just fair warning, if you're an investor in Starbucks now, after this recent surprise news, I I would not expect the stock to be surging upwards anytime soon. It's down 4% again today as analysts are giving it a downgrade because when you stop doing share buybacks, the earnings growth doesn't grow as rapidly. So in my opinion, I agree with the analysts here. The company is worthy of a temporary downgrade until they reinstate their normal policies. So that's my thoughts for now. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you in the next one.